0: had some excellent singing this morning. I want to join in with uh, the others in welcoming you to the service this morning. My hope and prayer this morning is that the things that we study in our study this morning will glorify God, and that's, that's why we're here. This morning, I've entitled the lesson, Peter and Judas, A Tale of Two Apostles. You know, When we think about apostles, usually we're, we're thinking about Paul, we're thinking about Peter, but rarely, when we think about apostle, and we think about the good apostle, we, we rarely think of Judas. That's rarely who we think about. You know, Peter had some pretty good qualities, didn't he? Peter did some great things. But you know, when you think of Judas, it kind of, I, I saw this meme, and again, I have to include this, but you've got this, this boat in the Suez Canal, and it's been all over the news, right? It's blocking shipping, at the bottom, of this, it says, we all make mistakes, but not all of ours can be seen from space. And that's kind of how I think of Judas. Today, if you hear the word Judas, that's what you think about. You think of betrayal. For example, we all know somebody named Peter, don't we? I've known guys my whole life named Peter. And a lot of that's because Peter is thought rather highly of but I have never in my life walked up to somebody with a brand new baby boy and they have never told me, oh, this is little baby Judas. It's not something that we hear. It's, why would we name our kid after somebody who betrayed Jesus Christ? Why would we do that? But yet we look at Peter and he actually betrayed Jesus also in a little different way. So how can we name our kid Peter, but we would never name our dog Judas? That's what I want to look at today. I want to look at these two men, and I want to compare these two men. And I think there's a lot of application that we can get from looking at these two apostles. And that's the first thing I want to look at this morning, is the fact that both of these men were apostles. If you look at Matthew chapter 10, When the apostles are listed, you see Simon, who is called Peter, and you also see Judas Iscariot. Again, when we think of apostles, we think of Peter, but we probably like to forget about Judas, don't we? But the fact is, is they were both apostles. They both had to give up their whole previous life, the way they lived, and they both dedicated their lives to serving Jesus Christ. That was their job. That's what they were to do, to serve Jesus Christ. Judas must have had some kind of redeeming qualities that would allow him to be chosen for this job. And I think a lot of times, yeah, we expect that of Peter, but we overlook the fact that maybe Judas might have had some positive things about him. But our our perception is so wrapped up in the fact that he betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. And I think a lot of times that's all we really think about. But think about what he witnessed as an apostle. He listened to the teachings of Jesus Christ. He heard it from the mouth of the Son of God. Not only did he hear hear teachings from Jesus to other people, but I'm sure he had conversations with Jesus where he learned from the master teacher. Not only that, he learned from the example. Both of these men witnessed the example and learned from the example of Jesus Christ. Walking with Jesus daily, they had to. We see one example of this in John chapter 13. After what we call the Last Supper, Jesus starts washing the, the feet of the apostles. And it always, I always think this is funny, but we, we see Peter full on here. Jesus comes to Peter. He's about to wash Peter's feet. And Peter says, you're not gonna wash my feet. And then Jesus says, if I don't wash your feet, uh, your feet, you have no part in me. And then Peter just totally says, don't just wash my feet, wash my hands and my head also. I mean, that's typical Peter. He was all in, wasn't he? But was, just, was Jesus just washing their feet because their feet were dirty? Because their feet were tired? No, there was a point in that. There was a reason for that. And we see that in verse 12 of John chapter 13. It says, so after he had washed their feet and taken his garments and was set down again, he said to them, know ye what I've done to you? You call me master and Lord and you say, well, for so, for so I am. If I then your Lord and master have washed your feet, ye you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. Both men witnessed the actions of Jesus. They saw how he handled certain situations. They saw how he approached different people. They learned from his example, and this is one example of them learning learning humility and the importance of service. If Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was willing to wash the feet of of, of those apostles, how much more should they be a servant to others and each other? You see, they learned from the master teacher. Not only that, I believe both men had some positive qualities in their life. And I think we can see that from Scripture. When you think of Judas, it's a little harder for us to think that way because we know what Judas did. We know what happened to Judas, and it's a little harder for us to see the good qualities in him. And we fail to give him any credit, but you think about Judas and you think about him in verse, uh, John chapter 13, verse 29, it says Judas had the bag. That means he was the treasurer. He was put in a position of trust. He was trusted by those who surrounded him. You look earlier in that chapter, in John chapter 21, it says, When Jesus had thus said, he was troubled in spirit and testified and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. So Jesus says, one of you are going to betray me. And I want you to see the reaction of those of the other apostles there. In verse 22, it says, Then the disciples looked one on another, doubting of whom he spoke. They had no clue. They didn't know it was Judas. That leads me to believe that they had some trust in Judas. Now, I'm going to tell you, if something goes wrong, there's usually a pretty good idea of who did it. I have two dogs. I have a little dog named Apollo Creed, and I have a big dog named Jazzy. I can tell you, if I come in the house and I find something chewed up, it was Apollo Creed. You know how I know? Not because I can read his mind, but because his past actions taught me that he's the one that's gonna chew something up. These men had no clue that Judas was the one. In fact, if you look at 29, they thought Jesus was just saying, go buy something for the feast, whatever. Judas obviously had some positive qualities. Peter obviously had some positive qualities. And we see that in Peter. It's a little easier for us to understand that when we think of Peter. But one of, I think, Peter's best qualities is how fiercely he loved Jesus and how fiercely dedicated he was to Christ. And sometimes we give Peter a hard time for his denials, but you look at John chapter 18 and verse 10 as Judas has betrayed Jesus. What do you see Peter do here? In verse 10, he says, then, then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and smote the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. He was ready. He was ready to go. He pulls his sword out. He cuts off Malchus's ear. And Jesus says, Put the sword away. He was a little overzealous, wasn't he? He was a little confused on what was going on, what was happening at that time. But we see over and over the dedication and the love that Peter had for Christ. It was definitely a positive quality that he had. Both men, being apostles, spread the gospel. In Luke chapter 9, and verse 1, it says, Then he called his twelve disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And he said to them, Take nothing for your journey, neither staffs, nor scrip nor bread, neither money, neither have two coats apiece. And whatsoever house she enter into, there abide, and thence depart. And whosoever will not receive you, when you go out of that city, shake off the very dust of your feet for a testimony against them. And they departed and went through the towns, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Peter and Judas were both part of these twelve men who spread the gospel, who told about the good news of Jesus Christ. When I think of somebody who's out spreading the gospel... I don't think of somebody that's completely evil. I think of a man who's dedicated to Jesus Christ. Not only that, he was given the ability to perform miracles and to cast out devils, to confirm the gospel. Judas and Peter were both given those abilities, and they both went out and dedicated their lives to serving Jesus Christ. On the other other side of the coin, you also have to understand that both men were sinners. Judas, we get a glimpse into the heart of Judas before Jesus' betrayal. You see, Jesus had come to Bethany for a dinner with Lazarus, uh, Martha, and Mary. And during this dinner, Mary brings out this very costly, very expensive ointment. She starts anointing the feet of Jesus. And Judas sees this. And we see his reaction in verse five, or verse 5 of chapter 12. He says, why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? So Judas says, why, did you, why are you using this oil? We could have done so much good with it. But that's not where his heart was. And John reveals that motivation in the very next verse. He says, this he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bare what was put therein. You see, we see a heart full of greed. A heart that saw money and would do whatever it took to get that. Not only did we see a heart of greed in Judas, we also saw a little bit bit of hypocrisy. He's going to call out Mary for something she's doing that's actually a good deed when he has no intention of doing the right thing with that money. But he's also called a thief. How many times did Judas sit at the feet of Jesus and hear him speak out against hypocrisy, about greed, about being a thief? And yet he still gave into that temptation. You see, he was a sinner. Temptation came into his life and he gave into the temptation. Sounds pretty familiar, doesn't it? Peter, sometimes we don't really think about the fact that he was a sinner because we focus on the positive things in his life. But Peter was a sinner. In Matthew chapter 14, we see Jesus has gone up to the mountain. He's come back. The apostles are on the boat, and he starts walking on the water, and they say, man, that's a ghost out there, and they're filled with fear, and Jesus says, it's me. And Peter says, if it's you, Let me come down to you. And that's exactly what he does. And for a little while, as Peter is walking on the water towards Jesus, he starts realizing the wind is blowing pretty hard. He starts realizing the chaos that surrounds him because the waves are crashing. And he starts losing faith. And what happens? He starts to sink. And I want you to see Jesus' reply here. He says in Matthew 14, 31, he says, and immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Peter lacked faith. A lack of faith is sin. That's a temptation that we probably all face at, at one, or, one point in our life or probably many times in our lives. Another example, Luke chapter 22. Jesus says, he says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. And he said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee, both into prison and to death. And he said, I tell thee, thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day. Before thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. We hear a little bit of a, a prideful heart in Peter, don't we? I'll never give in. I'll never deny you. I'll die for you. I'll go to prison for you. But we know exactly what happens, don't we? Even after Jesus has died, he's been buried, he's resurrected, and Peter's out doing the work, spreading the gospel. He still fights temptation. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 11, it says, But when Peter was come to Antioch, this is Paul speaking, he says, I withstood him to the face, because he was to be blamed. For before that certain came from Jesus, he did eat with the Gentiles. But when they were come, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing them which were of the circumcision. And the other Jews disassembled likewise with him, insomuch that Barnabas was also carried away with their dissimulation. Paul calls Peter out because Peter would eat with the Gentiles until the Jews came around. He was a respecter of persons. He was scared of what those those Jews would think, even though the whole point was to bring the Jews and the Gentiles together. And what happens is, is when the Jews come around, He separates himself from the Gentiles and other people go with him. So we see a little bit of a division there caused because of Peter's actions. See, we like to think very highly of Peter, but we also have to understand that Peter was a sinner. And I believe that these sins led to the next thing that they both had in common, and that's that they both betrayed Jesus. We know about Judas In Mark 14, we see that his betrayal was premeditated. In verse 10, it says, In Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve went unto the chief priests to betray him him unto them. And when they heard it, they were glad and promised to to give him money. And he sought how he might conveniently betray him. This was premeditated betrayal. He saw an opportunity, and I believe the greed got so, so a hold of his heart that he was willing to give up Jesus for a little bit of, of money. And we see that's exactly what happens later on in the chapter in verse 43. And it says, And immediately, while he yet spake, cometh Judas, one of the twelve, and with him a great multitude with swords and staffs, and the chief priests and scribes and elders, And he that betrayed him had given him a token, saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, the same as he. Take him and lead him away safely. I want us to put that word safely in our head for a little bit later. And as soon as he was come, he goes straightway to him and saith, Master, Master, and kissed him. And they laid their hands on him and took him. So we see another account of this betrayal. This betrayal that, we look at it so heinous and so horrible and, and very well we should. It should have never happened. But Judas made that, that choice. He made that decision. But you know, Peter betrayed Christ also. Peter betrayed Christ. And we see, again, we're gonna read this. This is another account of, of Peter. And we see a prideful heart. He says, and Jesus said unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night, for it is written, I will smite the shepherd and the sheep shall be scattered. But after that I am risen, I will go before you into Galilee. But Peter said unto him, although all shall be offended, yet will not I. And Jesus said unto him, verily I say unto you, this day, even in this night, before the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. But he spake the more vehemently, if I should die with thee, I will not deny thee in any wise. And likewise, likewise also said they all. Jesus says, Somebody is gonna, you're all going to you're all gonna leave me. And Peter says, I don't care what they do, I'm not gonna leave you. Jesus again says, Before the cock crows, you're gonna deny me three times. And Peter says, No way. I am with you, I will die for you. But we see that maybe a, a heart of pride and maybe a little bit of a lack of faith caused him to deny Jesus Christ. In Mark 14 and verse 66, it says, and as Peter was beneath in the palace, there cometh one of the maids of the high priest. And when she saw Peter warming himself, she looked upon him and said, and thou also was with Jesus of Nazareth. But he denied saying, I know not, neither understand I what thou sayest. And he went out into the porch and the cock crew. So the first time, this, this girl comes up to him. She says, I know you were with Jesus. I know you know him. He says, I don't know what you're talking about. A little later in verse 69, it says, And a maid saw him again and began to say to them that stood by, This is one of them. And he denied it again. So twice. And then in verse 70, we see the third time it says, And a little after, they that stood by again to, said, to, said again to Peter, Surely thou art one of them, for thou art a Galilean, and thy speech agreeeth thereto. But he began to curse and to swear, saying, I know not this man of whom you speak. Three times. And the third time, he changed his character. He changed who he was to give more credibility to his lie. I've always wondered about Judas. Judas. And again, I don't know Judas's heart, but I've always wondered. We talked earlier when Judas betrayed Jesus. He said, lead him away safely. Here in a minute, we're gonna read another verse. And it talks about Judas being remorseful and trying to fix his problem. And it says, after he, speaking of Jesus' was condemned. I've always wondered if Judas actually thought that Jesus would die because of his actions. Again, I don't know Judas's heart, but I've always wondered that. It's always been a question I had. How many times did Jesus escape from the hands of those who, was trying, who were trying to, to take hold of him? How many times did he escape danger? I've always wondered if Judas just thought, It's gonna be like every other time and I'm gonna be 30 pieces of silver richer. It's all about greed, wasn't it? But I can tell you, I know exactly what Peter's motivation was because we can read it. He was fearful for his life. He didn't wanna die. We see a lack of faith. I'm not here to compare the two betrayals. But what I want us to understand, both men betrayed Jesus and both acts were pretty horrible. But you know, both men showed remorse. Both men were sad for what happened. Judas, in Matthew chapter 27, verse three, it says, then Judas, which, was betray- which had betrayed him when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself and brought again 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders saying, I have sinned and that I have betrayed the innocent blood. And they said, what is that to us? See thou to that. And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. I think this is where we start seeing the difference in Judas and Peter. In their reaction to what they did. Peter was Remorseful. Mark 14 and verse 72. And the second time the cock crew, and Peter called to mind the word that Jesus said unto him before the cock crew twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. And when he thought thereon, he wept. It wasn't a tear coming down his face. It says he wept. They were both remorseful. We've seen a lot of similarities things that I haven't really thought about much before really getting into this study, but both men spread the gospel. Both men taught the gospel. Both men had obviously some some pretty good qualities, but both men were also sinners. Both men betrayed Jesus, and both men were remorseful. How can we justify naming our kids after one of these men and not willing to name our kids after the other. What's the difference? I believe the difference is in the heart. It was a heart problem. And I think their heart showed through in their actions. Proverbs 27 and verse 19, it says, as in water, face reflects face. So the heart of a man reflects the man. You see, our heart directly influences our actions, our decisions. What we do. And I'm going to tell you one of these stories ended very tragically. One of them gives us hope. Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, speaking of what I believe he's talking about the first book, what we consider, or the first letter, the first what we consider First Corinthians. He's speaking to the Corinthians in in his second letter and he says, "'For even if I made you grieve with my letter, "'I do not regret it, though I did regret it. "'For I see that the letter grieved you, "'though only for a while. "'As it is, I rejoice, not because you were grieved, "'but because you were grieved into repenting. "'For you felt a godly grief "'so that you suffered no loss through us. "'For godly grief produces a repentance "'that leads to salvation without regret.' whereas worldly grief produces death. For see what earnestness this godly grief has produced in you, but also what eagerness to clear yourselves, what indignation, what fear, what longing, what zeal, what punishment. At every point you have proved yourselves innocent in this matter. Paul describes two types of sorrow. He says there's a godly sorrow. It's a change who you are lead you to change your life. And that's when we have a heart that understands the hope that comes through Christ. But there's also a worldly sorrow. He says it leads to death. And I believe while he's not speaking about Peter and Judas, I believe that we can see both examples exemplified in these two men. Because I believe Judas had a worldly sorrow. I believe he had a worldly sorrow. I believe that he was sorry for what he did, but his heart didn't truly understand the hope that lied in Jesus Christ. His heart was so focused on the world that he couldn't see past the wrong that he did to understand that Jesus Christ offered hope. I want to thank Danny for this, but he pointed out something that I hadn't really thought about. Judas had done something horrible. He betrayed Jesus Christ for 30 pieces of silver. And because of his remorse, he ended his life. And it's tragic. It's horrible. But the irony of that is the very direct consequence that came from his action is what could have saved him. The fact that Jesus Christ was put on that cross, that he died, that he was buried and that he rose on the third day could have given him all the hope he needed. How tragic, how sad. How many people in this world today need the same message? How many people need to know that no matter what they do, they can have hope because Jesus died on the cross, because he was buried and because he rose the third day and he overcame death. That's the message we need to get out. That's what we need to be speaking about to everyone we know. I believe Peter, on the other hand, had a godly sorrow. You look at Peter and you look at what happens afterwards and we see a very touching story in John chapter 21. Peter, obviously still full of remorse, decides to go fishing. And he takes some others with him and they're fishing and they fish all night and they catch nothing. And the sun's coming up and there's a man standing on the shore and on the shore, this man says, hey, you got any food? And they say, we haven't caught anything. He says, cast your net on the other side and you're gonna catch fish. Sure enough, they cast the net on the other side of the fish and they, pull, they can't even pull the fish in because they have so many. And about that time, John realizes who that is and he says, hey, Peter, that's Jesus. And being Peter, he doesn't try to pull the fish in he doesn't try to take the boat in. It kind of reminds me, I just picture that scene from Forrest Gump when Lieutenant Dan's sitting on the, on the shore over there. What does Forrest Gump do? He dives in the water and swims to him. He doesn't care about the boat. And that's exactly what Peter did. Peter jumped into that water and he swam to Jesus. And they had a conversation there. They had their, their breakfast and they had a conversation. And in verse 15 of John chapter 21, he says, so when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He said unto them, yea, Lord, thou knowest I love thee. And he said unto them, feed my lambs. He saith unto him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? And he said, yea, Lord, thou knowest I love thee. And he said unto them, unto him, feed my sheep. He saith unto him a third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. I don't think it's any consequence that Jesus asked Peter three times, do you love me? What was his reaction? What did Jesus tell him every time? Feed my sheep, go out and do my will, go out and live for me. Peter's godly sorrow, I believe led to a repentance that changed who he was. If you look at Peter from this point forward, yes, he still had times that he was tempted. There were still times that he gave into temptation, but he was fully dedicated to the kingdom and to serving Jesus Christ. A godly sorrow led to his repentance. It gave him hope. It gave him hope because of the death, burial, and resurrection. And the fact that Jesus Christ died for his sins. And that gave him hope that helped him to change who he was. And it just makes me think back to Judas if he had that hope, if he could see why Jesus was truly on that cross, he could have been having the same conversation with Jesus. We need to get out there. We need to speak the gospel. We need to tell people about the hope that is in Jesus Christ. You know, I don't compare these two men just to compare them. I think about these two men because my life is very similar. Not that I'm an apostle, I'm not going to go there. But the fact that I kind of think maybe I have a few good qualities, you know? But I know I'm a sinner. I know I make mistakes. But there's hope. And that hopes through that death, burial, and resurrection that Jesus overcame death. That he gave his life for me. And you're here this morning, he gave his life for you also. And you have an opportunity. If you've never obeyed the gospel, you have an opportunity to become a child of God this morning. You can be baptized. You can come into contact with the blood of Jesus Christ. And as Jason talked a couple of weeks ago, that's a perpetual blood that covers us. If you've turned your back on Christ and walked away, we can pray for you. We can pray with you. You can ask God for forgiveness or maybe you're just struggling with something in your life. Maybe you're at the crossroad like Judas was and like Peter was and you've got to make a decision. Am I going to look to the hope that is offered in Christ? And hopefully that's what we all choose to do when we come to those points in our lives. If you need the help of the church, come to the front while we stand and sing.